Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G-sports.com. Arkansas, 38-17 winners over Rice. It didn't happen the way you thought it was going to happen, did it? We're going to talk about that game some more. One last look back and also go into some Texas stuff. Jo- <laughs> Danny West is going to join us also to talk about some recruiting. We'll answer your questions as well. All that and more on Hog Sports Live. Before we get started, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. Be sure to follow the page if you haven't done so already and interact with this video. Share it with people you think might like it. Also available on YouTube. Throw us a like on that channel and subscribe if you haven't already. Hit the notifications bell so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos. Also available on Apple Podcasts. Throw us that five-star review. Plenty of you guys did. Really appreciate everybody throwing the five-star reviews and some uh, and letting people know what they thought about the show. And uh, Thank you very much. That that certainly boosts the channel for us. Also available at Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. Hog Sports is just one dollar right now for your first month at hawgsports.com. I want to go to I want to go to Sam Pittman first before we get started on anything else. Uh, Sam Pittman had his regular Monday press conference and spoke a lot about KJ Jefferson. Let's listen in. Coach, what do you attribute uh, KJ? He let a couple balls sail on him. Um, nerves, mechanics, something you can correct. Uh, you know, I, I, I wasn't too uh, concerned about the balls that sell. Now, he's been high. You know, that's where his, if he has uh, problems, it's high. But, you know, I was watching some tape on some high school kids that are four and five stars and all. They miss play. You know, they miss it, too. I've I seen Dan Marino miss a pass. You know what I mean? It, I, I don't want to make a mountain out of Mohill there. The, the disappointing thing, honestly, was both in the first half with KJ and one when you know we could just he was outside the pocket just throw the ball away and and we threw a pick there uh, that was that that right there was stress that that came from not having early success and I'm trying to make a miracle happen out here when we just throw it away I think he would throw it away nine times out of ten I think he was pressing at that point and then the very first play of the game he's outside the pocket just throw the ball away and I know he wanted to hold it there and. Part of that, it too, is we, you know, you never tackle him in practice. And I think part of that was, you know, I can get it off, you know, and, and uh, those were real reps. So uh, I'm not real concerned about that because I think as soon as he uh, becomes a runner, I think he's a better thrower. I do. I know that sounds silly, but I believe that it builds up his confidence. So we'll work on those things. But I think we've got the right quarterback for us to win. And what do you see out of them defensively, Texas, structure? With Malik, I, I know you guys wanted to get him in the game, just the way the game flowed and everything just made it difficult to do that, I guess. Yeah, I think I think uh, when the game, your intentions are always your intentions before the game starts. And then when the game starts like it did for us, especially offensively, um, you're trying to fix your starter and you're trying to fix your starters, you know. Uh, I want to say this, you know, I, I think – KJ probably took a lot of a lot of heat this week, and and uh, you know everybody got their opinion, but you know the one that really matters is mine, and uh, he's our quarterback, and he's and he's going to be a heck of a quarterback for us, and uh, uh, you can't erase what's happened, you know you can't erase that we didn't have a good first half, but you also probably need to talk about that the kid played well in the second half too, you know, and, and uh, he corrected it. And uh, so Malik, I, I wouldn't have one bit of problem playing Malik. 
to answer your question. Uh, I think he would give us something different a little bit because of his speed, but he also can throw the ball. We just got caught up in a bad first half, and we were just trying to fix it the entire first half and obviously uh, after halftime. KJ was 12-21 passing for 128 yards, a touchdown and an interception. He also had nine carries for 89 yards and two touchdowns. Had 102 yards before losses, uh, and I guess he lost about 30 yards. He had a 68-yard run, and they wiped out 30 yards because of a bogus holding call on Keytron Jackson. I wanted to just kind of go through the game, my thoughts. I, you know, So what I did on Saturday, I came back and ate something, and then I'd avoided scores for the Georgia-Clemson game and the LSU-UCLA game. Those are the two games that I made it out with. So I watched the Georgia-Clemson game fully, and then I watched the LSU-UCLA game fully, not knowing the scores, so that was good. And then I watched about a half of the Arkansas game, but I was in my chair like kind of drifting off, falling asleep. And uh, that was about 3 o'clock in the morning. So then <laughs> the next morning I got up, and then I watched the full Arkansas game. And I'll, I'll watch every single play over and over and over again uh, just to kind of see what everybody's doing, get a good feel for it. So I know I'm fully informed on it. And so that's kind of how I watch the game. And then, I, and then I go through and break down, like, everything I saw, everything that looked maybe wasn't what I thought or what people thought and things that were what we thought and, and interesting other observations. So real quick before we get into that, the injury report, John Ridgway didn't play. He's expected to be back for this one, listed as a starter on the new depth chart. Uh, JT Towers, Aaron Outley, uh, as we know, obviously, Miles Slusher, Marco Avant, Jermaine Hamilton-Jordan, and Marcus Miller, which I didn't see Marcus Miller down on the sideline like the other guys were not dressed out. In-game injuries, you had Ty Clary uh, in the third quarter. I believe he came back for a little bit. And then Torian Carter uh, in the fourth quarter. So looks like they got out of it pretty clean. We'll have practice today at 4.30. I'm sure we'll see some guys not out there, some new guys in green and stuff like that as well. All right. So just my thoughts on the game. The first opening drive, um, Burks was open on that third down slam. Jefferson just overthrew him, overthrowed him, <laughs> overthrew him. He has a tendency to sell passes, and that's something that I've noticed with KJ throughout his career. He really reworked his throwing mechanics when he first got to Arkansas. <clears throat> had a bit of a hitch in his throwing motion. And ever since then, I've just noticed he misses uh, – when he misses, he misses guys high. And Sam Pittman uh, echoed that today. Uh, I haven't seen him do it as much lately as I as I did earlier in his career in practices. And I think it's, you know, partly nerves and, you know, maybe trying to aim the ball and try to make a play when things aren't, you know, going right. You get a drop and you throw overthrow somebody, you know, things happen like that. Um, but he's got to – He's got to be more confident as a passer. And that happened later on in the game, um, you know, when he hit Tyson Morris on that 30-yard catch, and, and Tyson made a, a great play. It wasn't a great throw, but it was a play where he allowed his playmaking wide receiver to make a play on the ball, okay? And that's that's a lot of what it is. So he's got to clean that up, obviously. Now, people are like, KJ can't throw the ball. Well, what about in the Missouri game? Could he throw the ball in that game? Because he threw for 274 yards, actually played pretty well passing. I mean, he was only 54%, but he hit some long passes um, and, and made some plays there. So maybe we've seen, like, the best of KJ and the worst of KJ. Maybe it's neither of those. Maybe, the, maybe he can do much worse, and we've seen the best. Who knows for sure. I think that when KJ does settle down as a passer, what he showed with his legs, um, he's going to, I think, be a lot better quarterback than people are giving him credit for right now. That's that's what I think. Now, yeah, he's going to run into some problems. You know, they got to go to Georgia. They got to play Alabama. Texas isn't going to be easy either. Um, they're going to run into some tough teams. But I, th I think that he's going to prove to show that he's a better quarterback than what we saw on Saturday. The second Arkansas drive, Traylon Burks goes in motion. Rice defenders, you could tell they noticed it. They're shifting over. They're looking, and that really opened things up. Is uh, uh, Traylon Smith hit that hole for 20 yards. Brady Latham made a nice block. Uh, Ricky Stromberg sealed his guy off, and it was a 20-yard pickup, the first nice play for Arkansas of the whole game. Um, now, that third and six run by Jefferson is what you just – you just can't measure that in practice. You can't afford to risk getting him hurt. So, you don't know how well he's going to weave through traffic and stuff. So, um, I th again, I think they'll do better when they find out more what he can do. I'm not saying, like, do it just like, as I mentioned in the walk and talk, do it just like Nick Marshall and Auburn did. But uh, I would like to see more design runs for him where it's just like, 
hey, you're going to fake the handoff here, but you're you're taking it. You're not handing it off. You're just going to run. I think you'd be comfortable doing that. But you still got to throw the ball. I mean, you've got your best weapon on the field on offense is Traylon Burks. you got to get it to him. In the second Rice drive, Grant Morgan was targeting. He deserved to get flagged for targeting. Should he deserve to be thrown out for an entire game? Everybody, NCAA, if somebody's listening out there, everybody in the sport hates this penalty. Not the penalty, the punishment. Everybody hates the punishment. Now, I've said before, I think maybe a 25-yard penalty, something really harsh in the game. It's already a 15-yard penalty, but a 25-yard penalty. And strike one. Strike one of two. You mess up again, then you're out. But – you know the the personal foul targeting calls. They're not trying to. They're not. They're not trying to do it. It's just so bang bang. And the thing about it is, it's so. You know, like they try to make the rule the definition of the rule, so it takes out subjectivity, but they miss so many of these on that very same play. The very same play where Grant Morgan was ejected for targeting, Greg Brooks hit Jaeger Bull in the helmet. Why wasn't Greg Brooks ejected? Why wasn't Jaeger Bull ejected? Because nothing, nowhere in the explanation of what targeting is does it say this only applies to defensive players. Jaeger Bull wasn't defenseless here. He was, he was making a football move, catching the ball, lowering his helmet. If he doesn't lower down and Brooks doesn't lower down, they don't click helmets. Both people have to do that. And I would think the guy that weighs 51 pounds more than the other guy, Greg Brooks is 189 pounds, probably puts the other guy in more danger. Now, this happened a few times. I'm watching those helmet-to-helmets and what's called and what's not. Because later, on Rice's third drive, with 126 to play, Andrew Parker, who was in the game because Hayden Henry was serving a suspension for the Alabama game last year, which is stupid, so stupid. I mean, (laughs) anyway. But Grant Morgan's out, so Andrew Parker's in there. So Andrew Parker... Puts his head, after Luke McCaffrey throws the ball, Andrew Parker puts his crown of his head all up in here on Luke McCaffrey. Knocks his helmet off. It's not targeting, though, is it? Why is that not targeting? Like, I mean, Grant Morgan Grant Morgan led the SEC in tackles per game last year, 12.3 tackles per game. Okay, so not only does this hurt Grant Morgan, and it hurts the entire team, but Grant – almost certainly now is not going to lead the SEC in tackles per game because this is one game played and he had one tackle. So that really hurts his bid for all SEC. And why? Because of this? I mean, we've had all this crap going on with COVID-19, with whether or not they're going to play a season last year, with players coming back for their super senior year when they could have gone off and done other things, and you're going to penalize them for an entire game for something like that. So it's, it's, it's not like he went out and threw a punch, but that's what they're equating it to, throwing a punch. I'm not saying we don't need to have rules and dissuade players from lowering the crown of their helmet and injury. I mean, what we know about player safety, you have to do that. But this is ridiculous. Everybody hates it, NCAA. Everybody. Nobody thinks it's a good punishment. Change it. Fix it. You, you mess with so much other crap out there that's meaningless. This is why people think you're irrelevant. Fix the penalty. It wasn't fair to what happened to the Missouri guy last year that he is ejected for the entire game. And so much of it happened so bang, bang. Later on in the game, when Bumper Poole did his to Jake Bailey when he was ejected, sure, Poole should have kept his head up. But he's going low. He's trying to hit the dude in the waist. And he ducks his head down, and he shouldn't have done that, sure. But if Jake Bailey doesn't also lower his head, then they don't click helmets. Jake Bailey is making a football move. He's not a defenseless player. He's making a football move. He lowers his head. Poole lowers his head, and they click helmets. He's clearly not trying to hit him in the head. But he's gone for the Texas game the first half. He's from Texas. It's stupid. It is such a harsh penalty, and there are so many things where they miss it, okay? And I'm going to tell you again, Myron Morrison for Rice should have been ejected from the game. He had a late hit on Traylon Burks out of bounds. And this is, okay, this is what also bugs me. Like, get your ass to the game if you're going to call the game. Like, these guys were terrible. And it's probably not because they're terrible announcers, but they weren't at the game. They were misidentifying people. They were having one bad take after another because they're not at the game. 
okay? And in this one, they said, well, that's negligible. I don't know about calling that. It wasn't any more egregious than Jalen Catalan's hit out of bounds on the guy where he, there's no way he could stop his momentum. It wasn't like he lunged at him. But this dude, Morrison, lowered the crown of his helmet and hit Traylon Burks helmet to helmet. I don't know what this announcer was seeing, but he wasn't seeing that. But he, they clicked helmets. It's target. It's targeting. I mean, by rule, he should be ejected, which, again, is crap. But by rule, it's targeting. So Grant Morgan and bumper pull play. Jaeger Bull doesn't play, uh, pay. Jake Bailey doesn't pay. Uh, Myron Morrison doesn't pay. Greg Brooks doesn't pay. All those players clicked helmets. They all fulfilled. You only have to do one thing out of, like, the defensive player, any contact with the head or neck area, no matter what part of the body it is. Heck, I've seen players hit players in the head with their knee when they're going down and they're defenseless. Is that targeting? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It bugs me, man. I mean, like, there's so many things that can happen to you in a football game that cause you to miss getting injured, you know, and it's such a hard game to stay healthy for. And then this crap, it's stupid. Yes, penalize them, 25 yards, whatever. Don't kick them out of the game. If they do it again or if it's just like, wow. Like if it's Markel Wade coming down full speed, hitting the dude on the punt return and then taunting him, okay, get his ass out of there. But for most of the time when we see this, these kids aren't trying to take somebody's heads off. They're just trying to make a football play. They're trying to make a tackle. You almost can't hit somebody in the open field anymore. I wouldn't want to play safety. I would not want to play safety. But offense, you can do whatever you want. You can lower your head and plow straight through somebody, and nobody's going to call it. And if somebody clicks your helmet, hell, it almost ought to be a strategy. You almost should say, hey, this is what we're going to do to this defense. We're going to click helmets on every one of them. We're going to make sure that they hit our helmet, and we're going to get them all ejected. Stupid. Got me all riled up. The block punt. Arkansas has got to get – almost said something I should <laughs> Arkansas has got to get it figured out on special th- – so that's why I get worked up here. You know, let stuff fly. But Arkansas has got to get things figured out on special teams. I mean, it's just – it's 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 happens too much. I mean, in this particular case, you have Shane Clinton just letting Kenneth Orgy, great name by the way, go right past him. 245-pound defensive end. It's not like he's some speed demon. And he didn't even really have to extend or anything. He's just – Blocked. John L. Smith used to say once that happens, he's like, you're almost certainly going to lose the game statistically. That's what I was thinking. I was like, whoa, that's, the percentage is just really swung, swung in Rice's favor. So, anyway, they've got, to, they've got to figure that out some kind of way. But credit the, the Arkansas defense for holding them to a field goal. Arkansas defense was fantastic in this game. Held them to a field goal and then uh, stopped them on downs after Jefferson threw the interception. Um, so that's really two back-to-back bad performances um, on special teams and offense and only three points surrendered. Then the next one, uh, right after those two series, Burks dropped the first down catch over the middle, and there's some things we'll get to on ifs and buts with, with KJ. But drop that. Um, and then Reed Bauer had his worst punt of the day, 25 yards through their own 41-yard line. So there's three opportunities there. And on this one, um, this was one where uh, – there was like some penalties that helped Rice. And the reason they scored a touchdown instead of a field goal in this one is because of penalties. Uh, you had Jalen Catalan hitting the dude out of bounds, which 
I mean, the way they're going, he's running full speed towards the sideline. It's not like he lunged at him. He hit it. He ran into him. I just – he ran into him. I mean, what is he supposed to do? Like, you can't stop in midair. You're not a superhero. Like, I mean, I know you're close, Jalen, but, like, it's ridiculous. It's, it's a 15-yard – well, it wasn't it was a half the difference, distance, but um, – and then you had Bishop hit with a pass interference call in the end zone, which, number one, it wasn't pass interference. It was a bad call. And number two, it wasn't in the end zone. Now, I know it would have been right there anyway, but, like, get the call right. These refs were, these refs were terrible. So many late flags. Like, get the call right. Get your flag out of your pocket. All that does is piss everybody off when you throw some late, late flag like that. Um, but they got to have better play from Ladarius Bishop. You know, he did have – it was called against him, so he had that. He also had another uh, pass interference called against him in the fourth quarter. Uh, he gave up a 15-yard completion on one side of the field. Then they moved him to the other side of the field, and the very next play he gives up that 41-yard touchdown bomb when they're in man. Uh, he fumbled the opening kickoff. That's not how you want to start the season, even though they did recover it. He did uh, respond to that touchdown bomb the next play with a 42-yard uh, kickoff return. So that was that was good. But uh, Bishop overall got to have a have a better game from him, especially, you know, so many people are kind of clamoring for him to take that spot. And, you know, he's got a lot of speed. I think he's got – I think he can play a lot better than he did, but um, not not the best results for him in that one. Uh, just finishing out the half, Arkansas went three and out. Dude, that snap that didn't get back there, it wasn't hit or anything. Stomberg just, just didn't get it back out there. Defense stood tall once again. Um, Rice was at their own 46-yard line. Defense stood tall. It's a forced to three and out. So that's four drives where they had great field position, 10 points allowed by the defense, and really um, really should have been more like six probably because uh, of, all, of all the penalties that were called, especially that pass interference call, which was bogus. The third quarter, uh, defense forces a three and out. Rice shanks the punt, and Arkansas had great field position. Finally, like the field position was awful for Arkansas the whole first half. And finally, you get good field position, and then they run into a fourth and two. And I don't hate that they went for it. I just would have preferred, based on how the game was going, to start playing that field position game a little bit and punt it. Okay, I didn't like the call. Fourth and, fourth and six feet. And, you, you know, it's a quarterback sneak. I think they maybe could have used a different call. But, and you have to go by feel. Like, it can't be like that every single game. Like, it's like, oh, well, the, the sheet says we got to punt here or that we got to go for it. it it's, yes, you go by that, but you also have to go by feel some. And uh, in my personal opinion, that particular time, I think Arkansas should have punted, played the field position game. Arkansas's defense is playing well. Maybe get the ball back with a fresh set of downs at midfield on the next time. I didn't hate it, but. Just the way things were going. Um, K.J. Jefferson then hit his first real big pass, a 30-yard uh, play to Tyson Morris. We talked about that a little bit. wasn't a great throw, but it was a great catch. Give him the opportunity. K.J.'s got to have confidence in these receivers to make the catch. I felt like he was kind of aiming a little bit, falling back a little bit too much. Uh, he's got to have confidence throwing the ball. If he can get there with the way he's running, I mean, he could be really dangerous for a lot of people. Even Sam Pittman said today, well – <laughs> he said what he said was I would expect Texas to you know bring a guy down in the box and, and play the run a little bit so if they do that that's what you want it's where you want them down in the box come on come down get some things figured out throw in the ball make some big plays for trailing Burks you'd love that to happen love them to feel like they got to adjust to Jefferson running that's what you want so then Jefferson connected um, on a 10-yard throw to Warren, his next pass. Then uh, he was back in the end zone for his second score of the day. Cut the lead to 17-14. Then Rice made a huge mistake. This was the biggest mistake that they made. And the reason they made it is because Mike Bloomgren didn't like, didn't want to see six-point lead. There's all this football to play, a quarter and a half of football left. And you, nah, I don't want to see a six-point lead. Like, stop trying to predict what's going to happen the rest of the game. I hate when teams do this. They put a nice drive together, and then they stall down in the red zone. They're like, ah, we're, we're here to score touchdowns. Kick the field goal. Kick, I, you know, like Ole Miss, I believe, in that last game last year that Arkansas played, uh, Lane Giffen did that a lot. Kick the field goal. Take your medicine. Hey, it didn't work out. Get your points. Kick them deep. I mean, that's, that's probably what they should have done, but um, that was their last opportunity to score points. Arkansas tied it up after that. It was nice to see Raheem Sanders get a lot of carries in a row. Big punishing guy. Bring him in in the second half. It's a new running back. 
same defensive linemen, same linebackers. And this is also around, right around the time when, like, Rice players started dropping like flies. And some of them were injuries and some of them was cramps and, you know, dehydration. That, and that's where I think that, like, a program like Arkansas that has a lot more resources than a place like Rice does, a lot more money. And, you know, um, Arkansas's players were well hydrated. Rice comes out of Houston, right? So you figured they would have been more used to the heat. But that's the difference, I think, when you got so many people on staff and stuff. You can observe all these people, observe them for hydration, you know, uh, measuring their body weight and all this stuff, making sure that they've got plenty of fluids in them. And I think that's a big difference with programs uh, on these two different levels. Uh, I thought it was a good opportunity there uh, for uh, for Cam Little uh, to hit his first field goal from 34 yards out. It wasn't in the fourth quarter. wasn't super long. Game wasn't on the line. It's just a good opportunity to get out there and make a field goal that's, yes, important, but not the end of the world, you know. So that pressure's kind of off. Ease, ease him in as nicely as you can. Kickers kickers can be weird, <laughs> you know. I'm not saying I don't, I've never met Cam, but sometimes kickers are, are a little weird and, uh, you know, you got to handle them a certain way. So uh, then they retained the lead in the fourth quarter. Penalty started piling up on the Owls. I, I think this is, again, where you see depth play a role start getting a little more tired, uh, starting to create, you know, having penalties pop up and things like that, not running as fast. You know how it goes. Um, Trey Williams uh, pressured uh, Rice quarterback, I believe it was Wiley Green in there. Markel Lutze tipped the pass. Jalen Catalan made one of the biggest plays of the day, a 39-yard interception return. Um, then the next time when Arkansas got out there, Jefferson – you know, they got down to the end zone. Jefferson, Jefferson sailed the first pass. He sailed the second one, but that could have been caught by Warren Thompson. I mean, dude was draped all over his back. He touched the ball. So the pass interference call is correct there, uh, even though it was high. I think Warren could have gotten that if he, if he hadn't been, uh, you know, pulled down and his arm being barred and all that stuff. So after that, Monteric Brown picked off uh, Wiley Green. That was a great play. And that's like what I'm talking about with Monteric. Like, this guy to me has a pro future. And it's plays like that. I mean, that was a great jump on the ball, great instincts. It's a great play there. Now, Arkansas didn't get anything going, right? It was a, They were at midfield. It was a great position to be in. Yeah, you could have – this is where they made the right decision and punted the ball. Defense is playing fantastic. Rice can't get anything going. They're worn down. You punt the ball, you get a great kick out of Reed Bauer down at the five-yard line. That's exactly what you want. Defense stands tall. Then Poole was ejected on the next series for targeting, and I, I talked about that. So then the next series, when Arkansas gets the ball back, um, and K.J. has that 68-yard run, again, they wiped out 28 yards, I guess, added a 10-yard penalty, so he only got 38 yards on the run. But – uh, Keytron was hit for holding. And Pittman, I love that Pittman broke it down in his press conference today because I was telling people this all the time. It's like what you're taught to do, you you can grab shoulder pads, okay? You can grab jersey shoulder pads. You keep your arms in there like that, elbows in, not flailing around. You keep it in like that. You keep the guy going in the direction you want. Now, once the guy tries to separate and go a different direction or something and you're still pulling him, okay, that's holding. But if he's not, which he wasn't, it was just a great block. And that's what sucks, again, about poor officiating. It's a great play by the freshman. Great play. Did everything he was supposed to do. It hurt him. Hurt his confidence. You know, like, what am I supposed to do? You know, throw your arms up in the air. Hurt the team. Hurt KJ stats. Everything. Because of a crap call from a guy who saw something that wasn't what was actually happening. You got to see it. And there were other holding calls. Traylon Burks, I think it was called on like 18, which wasn't out there on the field, but I'm pretty sure it was Traylon. It was either Traylon or Tyson Morris, but I did feel like that was a hold, okay? He spins the guy around, takes him to the floor, you know, takes him to the ground. That's a hold. Malik Chavis was called for it on Arkansas's uh, kickoff return that got called back and they, you know, moved him back to the 10-yard line. Malik Chavis was doing the same thing that Keytron was. Arms in, doing it like you're supposed to. I thought that was a bogus call also. Didn't hurt Arkansas as bad as the other one did. I mean, it didn't hurt and They went down and scored, but still – have been nice for KJ stats. And then I mentioned, you know, later on that drive that um, 33 should have been uh, uh, bounced for targeting according to the rule, not because I think that should be the, the rule. And Jalen Catalan sealed it at the 40-yard line. With another, I guess he had another 39-yard return down the 16. 
Now, ifs and buts for K.J. Jefferson. Now, I know that, like, you can't say, like, well, if he'd have completed these passes, he would have been yada, yada. It's whatever percent because I've seen enough time travel movies. I know how the butterfly effect works. Once you move, you know, change something, then everything else changes, right? So, but just for fun, um, he had that nice throw to Devion Warren with 11.41 play in the first half, but he stepped out of bounds before he caught it, and that negated a 29-yard pass play. Two drops by Burks. There was another drop by Warren over the middle that might have gone for – one of the Burks touch, uh, was on second and five, I think, and would have converted to third down – or second down. They didn't convert the third down later, but it would have converted that, and they would have kept going. Uh, and then the Warren one over the middle might have gone for a touchdown. It looked like he might have had an angle where he could have popped off a really long run, maybe a 56-yard touchdown there. So that's four catches he lost for like 95 yards with a possible touchdown and possibly a 30-yard touchdown run, um, that, or 30 yards on a touchdown, uh, the run that he lost. It would have, would have put him over 100 yards. I mean, just saying ifs and buts. You add 95 passing yards and 30 more rushing yards, put him over 100 yards. I mean, that's not a bad number. I think that Jefferson has the potential to really drive people crazy with his legs. You know, if he gets things going in the passing game, if he gets the rhythm and, you know, just as good as he was in the Missouri game, just be that good. Combined with what he's doing running, I guarantee you, like Pittman was saying, Texas is changing some of the things that they're planning on doing because – KJ can really run, not just run like some dual threat quarterbacks can just run. Okay, they're all right, they can run, but KJ can house it to you. Big old fat KJ, right? <laughs> he didn't look too fat, y'all. I told y'all he wasn't fat. I said KJ Jefferson's not fat. Has been blown out of proportion. Did he look fat on any of those runs, y'all? Not me. Oh, fat KJ, that's ridiculous. All right, where are we at? I'm going to go to Danny now. How long have I gone? Oh, a little longer. Danny's going to be mad at me. we got to talk some recruiting stuff. Arkansas had some visitors there. They're going to have some visitors for Texas, too, some big-time visitors. Danny just put out the full visit list, so we'll go over that just a little bit. Danny, my man. What's up, Trey? Sorry I'm a little late getting to you. We just had so much to go through over this game. But um, I wanted to uh, just briefly get your opinion, your thoughts on how the game played out, maybe what you're seeing next week for Texas. Oh, it's exactly uh, the way I expected <laughs> it to, you know? Yeah. I mean, I would Just like it. your predictions, I saw it. Right, yeah. No, I, uh, I'm i like anybody else. I thought it was pretty sluggish. I think nerves probably were involved for KJ and some of the other guys. I think Traylon really was rusty. I mean, shoot, he missed a lot of time there towards the end of camp. and mm-hmm. uh, We probably shouldn't be surprised by that, you know? I mean, I know. we put the guy on a pedestal, and he deservedly so. He's, he's one of the... Uh, you know the greatest talents we've seen but man it's that's going to happen to anybody who hasn't been out there so Mm -hmm. I would expect him to make a big jump this week I thought the defense was outstanding Um, we've talked so much about the linebacker depth and lo and behold game one we get to find out what Hayden Henry and Andrew Parker have to offer and I thought they were really really impressive especially Andrew you know Mm -hmm. I know he only had four tackles but the guy needed it. He needed it from a confidence standpoint, and I think he deserved it. He stuck around here for four years when a lot of guys probably would have bounced. So good to see that out of him. I, I liked what he showed out there. Danny, what was the recruiting scene like? I, I saw some recruits walking by when I was going through the tunnels yep. at a press conference after the game. So it looked like there was a decent number there. But um, And we'll get into this week a little bit too because it's going to be a lot. <laughs> but well, yeah. for that past game, what was it, what was it like? <laughs> It was a decent crowd is about seriously what we expected. Not a great one by any stretch, but um, uh, that's, that's to be expected. They've been gearing up for this Texas week forever. And I think they probably, you know, if a kid had one to choose from, he's going to choose the Texas game. And I think we're going to see that um, very clearly this coming week, but yeah, the reception was good. You know, I, you never like to hear the fans booing when you're running off the field at halftime. Yeah. But, I mean, that's that's not the greatest look, guys. I think they so, were partially. I, mean, think, I, I, I think, think it was the play calling and I, stuff. Yeah. Well, I think, and you know, just like packing it in there and taking it to halftime, yeah. some yeah, things that, like that. I was fine with it. I thought they needed to get out of there and get to get to halftime and and get some things worked out. But I think that's and you know, as they got closer over the tunnel where the recruits sit, if they still sit in the same spot, uh, yep. people were clapping them off the field. So that was that was good. Sure. But I'll never forget, and for any fan out there. 
Um, and, you know, the thing was blown up anyway. But that Kentucky game, Houston Nuts last year, 2007, there was a lot of recruits in the stands for that game. And I just remember fans were – because I was down on the field, and I remember fans were coming over to where the recruits sit, probably unknowingly, and just just yelling, screaming, boo, you know, fire Houston, all this stuff. And I can remember some of the recruits' looks on their faces and stuff. So you got to be cognizant of that, especially yeah. when we're not in a situation where the coach is definitely out of here. Um, yeah, I mean, I get it if, if you're down 45-19 – to yeah. uh, Western Kentucky, and yes. Chad Morris is clearly on the way out. I remember Brett had a few JUCO guys in on his final day against uh, Missouri. I kind of understand it mm-hmm. in those situations, but game one, yeah. halftime, man, come on. That's not Year two, off the field. Yeah. <laughs> come on now, let's think about it. Um, but, yeah, no, the reception has been good. It was good that they came back and, and pulled away the way they did, you know, so much of uh, uh, recruiting is about perception, and a lot of kids, believe it or not, they don't hang on every thread that is every down, every snap. They check a final score, and, mm-hmm. and when you see thirty-eight seventeen, that's pretty. You know, that's acceptable. That's not yeah. all that bad. Yeah. What'd you end up? I picked uh, forty-one to twenty-one, so I had twenty points. I had them covering. I was not yeah. too bad off. I thought I was, you know, looking no, like an idiot. Close. But um, what'd you end up picking? I had forty-two thirteen. So pretty close, you know, yeah. not terrible. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you, if you take the KJ call back, which I think he should have, uh, that should have been credited to KJ as a touchdown, but mm-hmm. you know, that yeah. was in the ballpark, I guess, try to make up for it in week two, but man, I've got no idea which way I might go on this one. I know a preseason I picked Arkansas, so I reckon I got to stick with that, but well, well, it's going to be a it's going to be a tough one to pick. Danny, the fan vote was like eighty seven percent in favor of Arkansas beating Texas or something something ridiculous in the mm-hmm. in the poll that we did uh, beforehand. I wonder what it would be now after the way the and again yeah. they they took care of business in the Rice game. They won because of the better team. They out athleted them. Uh, they yep. won because of defense largely. Um, <coughs> you know, just get the offense clicking again and. Maybe they'll have a chance against Texas. You never know. I mean, it's a home game. I, I got to imagine the environment is going to be absolutely electric. I mean, I can. You can wait. feel it. You I can feel wait. it already. Yeah. Yep. So, what yep. are these visitors going to see, Danny? You got uh, like really? I mean, we're not going to roll roll off all of them because you put a lot of hard work in it for our VIP subscribers. Which, by the way, if you're interested in Danny West coverage, you can get a VIP subscription to Hogsports.com H A W G Sports for just one dollar right now at hawgsports.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. Most of Danny's coverage is VIP, his recruiting stuff. But um, you got like a couple of dozen confirmed visitors. I think we'll we'll end up seeing more. And the good thing about it, Danny, also I think uh, it's a 6 o'clock game. It's a a marquee game. So Mm -hmm. these recruits got plenty of time to make it up to Fayetteville from Texas or Memphis or wherever they're coming from. Yeah, St. Louis as well. And, and with that, I'll add another one. Ryan Wingo, younger oh, brother yeah. of Ronnie. Yeah, he's top 10 in the country for next year's class. You know, he's uh, number seven in the country, I think. Overall, I'm not talking about by position, by state. I mean, number seven player in the country. So you think about a guy like Wingo, who is incredibly fast. If you haven't watched his film, I highly encourage it. But Wingo's going to be here. And you know, another big headliner, of course, is Gentry uh, Williams out of Tulsa, Booker yeah. T. Washington. He's for the current class, as we know, but uh, still got Oklahoma up there vying for his his signature as well as USC. It's going to be really tough to pull him, but, you know, he's been here on an official this past spring. It's good to get him on the on campus for the biggest game of the year. So you never know. I'm not ruling him out just yet, but – just to start with those two names, you know, two of the top players in the country for two different classes. Matter of fact, I'm still waiting on another one uh, to get back with me. Maurice Williams for the 24 class. He's number 17 in the country. So if he were to come, you would have one of the top 20 players in three classes in a row on campus this weekend. So fingers crossed, maybe that would be a, a cool angle to cover for me selfishly, but yeah, quite a bit of a, quite a bit of talent coming in this weekend. And again, you can read all of that at hogsports.com. We'll have a, uh, a long list of names throughout the week and steadily adding guys just added Shamar Easter uh, a little while ago. So uh, recently committed 2023 tight end out of Ashdown, Arkansas. He's been added to the list. Everything is in order here. You got the six o'clock game. It's Arkansas, Texas. 
great opportunity for recruits to come in. You just got to show up and put on a show. You got to get. You got to win it. You, you got to win it, Trey. You, if you win it, that could that <laughs> could go a long way. It. Absolutely. Yeah. Now I'm not saying you can't fire anybody if you don't win it, or it's going to be a terrible season. But that gummit, man, these opportunities don't come around very often, and yep. you got to win these. And it's a winnable game, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, you know, I thought it was interesting, Danny, because this last week on the first, you, they could start contacting class of 2023 recruits, and right. and Arkansas did that, obviously. Uh, but Brett came out with a video, Brett Bielma, who Brett lost to UT San Antonio, which, yeah. you know, you got to feel good for Jeff Trailer there, former Arkansas. Jeff Trailer is a guy that, um, you know, you and I both know did a good job at Arkansas when, uh, when no he doubt. was here, even though Arkansas couldn't get it going. Um, former running back, running back coach under Chad Morris, but he's at UT San Antonio. Had a good year last year, and um, and uh, beat Illinois, uh, which has kind of become everybody's darling since the, the Nebraska game. But Bielma put out a video the night before the first, it's telling all the recruits that they weren't going to wait to contact them till the next day because the NCAA says they can reach out to them, but it's twelve o'clock. They should be in bed. And I just thought, like, okay, well, that's not a surprise. Brett was usually late at Arkansas offering kids and <laughs> contacting them, you know. Yeah. And, and I was like, so – That's a total Brett move. I was no like, doubt. so these kids are sitting there waiting. I mean, they they don't care. They're waiting. The kids stay up late. Surprise. Um, they're waiting for these, uh, you know, contacts to come in. They can't wait. And then, you know, they're not going to get any from Illinois. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> and also, I'm telling you, you should be in bed. Like, that's what yeah, a kid wants to bed. hear. Go to bed. Get off Twitter. Go to bed. Exactly. Yeah, it's a total Brett move. I love Coach B, man, but he's got these things, these weird quirks in recruiting that I, you know, it works against him in my opinion. I, I think so too. To but uh, yeah, dude, here's the thing: these kids have been looking forward to that. They've had months and months to prepare. Their mm -hmm. mama and daddy knows this is, a, you know, it's going to be a special night. Let's give him this one school night to right. enjoy it. It's not going to kill him. <laughs> mm -hmm. Let him stay up and enjoy that. DM. Exactly. Exactly. Right. All right, Danny. Yeah. Anything else to add? No, man. We're good. I'm uh I'll probably keep uh chatting with some of these recruits, see what we've got coming to campus this weekend and maybe put out another podcast later in the week. So oh, yeah. Uh, Danny has the Dad Gum Recruiting podcast. It's for our VIP subscribers. That? Go check it out on the, the Razor's yeah. Edge Premium Forum. All right, brother. Appreciate you, man. All right, man. We'll All see right. you. Later, Bye. Danny. All right, it's Danny West. Again, $1 right now for your first month at Hog Sports. You can read all Danny's recruiting stuff, and there's going to be a lot of it going on this weekend. Next week, we will have on Thursday's show, which will air around 11 o'clock or so, uh, we'll, have, uh, we'll have Taylor Estes from uh, the managing editor at Horns 24-7. Uh, she does a great job covering them. I've known Taylor for a long, long time, going back to our days at Rivals back in the day. And we'll have Curtis Wilkerson also. Uh, Curtis is breaking down more of the Texas offense stuff. I'll be doing more defense, so we're switching it up a little bit this week. But I uh, look forward to that on Thursday's show. And then, of course, we'll have the walk and talk after. It'll be a late walk and talk on Saturday, a late one. Sorry about the walk and talk. I mean, it's like, like how, do you, how do you do a walk and talk for a game like that? Like, it's terrible the whole first half, and then it's a backdoor cover. So it's like, I mean, they did pretty much what Vegas thought they were going to do. I don't know. It wasn't my best walk and talk. I don't know. I think people seem to like it when because I'm just talking. I don't know. And being honest, I try to be honest anyway. Just say what's popping into my brain. So that's what happened. I can't control it. Hope you liked it. Sorry if you didn't. Maybe this one will be better. All right. Where are we at now? What else did I want to cover? Texas went 30. So I'm not going to go into a lot of Texas stuff because we're going to do that more on Thursday. And uh, I've got Texas queued up here on the TV. Texas, Louisiana. I did not watch the game. As I mentioned, you know, everything I watched, I watched Notre Dame, Florida State yesterday. I watched all the Arkansas game over and over again yesterday. Um, but after the after this, I'm going to watch uh, – well, hell, I've got practice. I probably don't have time. At some point today, at some point in the next couple of days, I'm going to watch all this Texas-Louisiana game and get a better feel for it. But I have not watched it, so I don't want to get on here and just like act like I know a bunch of stuff about Texas. I know Hudson Carb went 14 to 21 for 224 and two touchdowns. I know Robinson ran for 20 times for 103 yards and a touchdown, 73 yards and a touchdown receiving for him. He also returns punts, kickoffs. So, but that's, I mean, I've seen some Texas highlights, but I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on Texas. But we'll get there. We'll get we'll get a better feel for him when it comes to be prediction time. All right, let's jump into your questions now. I know we got a few. 
Cameron Brewer says the rules won't change until an Alabama-Ohio State-Clemson impact player gets ejected for targeting a big game. Jeremy May says consistent theme. Arkansas always has terrible refs for home games. Games do better, SEC. James Hill says, Trey, do you, do you like the tweet I posted last night and tagged you in? Get the wagon on. It's hate Texas week. I, I didn't see it, James. Sorry. I'm going 150 miles an hour. Sometimes I forget to look around, smell the roses during game weeks and games. Will Lennox says, was the targeting I'll, – I'll check my notifications, though, James. Will, Will, Will Lennox says, was the targeting calls on Bumper and Grant bad calls? No, they were accurate. Uh, Austin Spears says, hi, Trey. Hi, Austin. Kenny D. Jones says, absolutely agree with the targeting rule. They should have an incidental rule when a hit isn't malicious. I mean, I don't know how you do it because how can you judge intent? You know, guy could be a great actor, but I just think that you got to give kids the benefit of the doubt that they don't mean to hurt somebody. Matt A. Worley says, guess Trey Knox isn't ever going to be productive. I mean, that was surprising. I mean, Warren Thompson was out there as the big wide receiver, but he played more than, than Knox did. Will Lennox says, Catalan's a beast. Catalan's fantastic. Magnificent player. Marquise Martin says our defensive line really needs to do more. They put more. They need to put more pressure on the quarterback. I thought they got some good pressure on the quarterback overall. It wasn't like fantastic, but they got more. I mean, Mattel Soli got a sack, didn't he? Trey Williams had some pressure. Trey Williams pressured. Markel Lutz, he tipped the ball. Interception to Jalen Catalan. Will Bonham says, Bonham, hey, Trey, do you think KJ is the next Matt Jones? I mean, I think he's the best quarterback, running quarterback Arkansas has had since Matt Jones already. Browse play calling sucked that game, J.D. Chapman says. I mean, yeah, I can agree, like, the end result wasn't pretty. But, again, like, if Traylon Burks catches the second down pass over the middle, they convert that down. If Devion Warren catches the pass, K.J. Jefferson doesn't sail two balls. You know, if he throws the ball away instead of throwing an interception. You know, there's all kinds of things like that, and we're just like, wow, Kendall Browse, hell of a game, nice game. Interesting how it works that way. There were a couple of things that I disagreed with, too. I mean, I didn't like the quarterback sneak on fourth and two there. It's a full six seven yard, six or seven feet there to get. Jamie Gleason says, we need to get more plays to Blake. Man, that's a big boy. Kern, yeah, he had a nice catch. Marquis Martin says, totally agree with you. Thanks. Adrian Jones says the Hogs were better conditioned than Rice. It seemed like it at the end. Got to have more design. I mean, but also how much of that is depth? Just getting players cycled in and out of there. Jay Johnson, the the fourth says, got to have more design runs for KJ. Absolutely agree with that. Like, like I was saying, like, not just, you know, you have the option to hand it off or run, but like run, run with it. Or let's make this look like a pass and run. Don Eldridge says that Rice field goal kicker was kind of shaky. Might have have played into Bloomberg's thinking, maybe. I mean, it wasn't that bad. It was a pretty short kick, though, and they kicked him before. Will Lennox says special teams messes up again. Alan Hurst says, can we get a live stream on YouTube? I've thought about doing it. I like I like my Facebook page. We, we, we drive a lot of traffic from Facebook, so we want to make sure we promote this page. I mean, I, I've thought about doing the dual stream, and maybe I will. We'll see. I did for the walk and talk. Don Elder says, log on to ESPN with your television provider and you can have one. It can be streamed there. By the way, I did a how to watch video and it was one of my, I think it was the most watched video I did over the course of a year where I just broke down how to access the game. Rick Williamson's Trey, why are we not seeing more production out of Trey Knox? Just not getting out there. I guess they just like other receivers better. I think it, that's what it comes down to. Adrian Jones says, do you think this is Catalan and Burks last year? I hope not. I think it's – I think it is probably. I mean, like if those guys – you know, if Burks does what we know he can do and Catalan continues to play the way he has, I mean, you just kind of got to wish him well. I mean, Catalan's ready, I think. Jacob Deaver says, Trey heard the bus was late Saturday. Is that true? I haven't heard that. Rocky Carter says, I find it hard to believe all those cramp stoppages were legit. I've never seen that many. It was ridiculous. I don't know that it was all real or not. That's the thing with the, you know, that's a product of the hurry-up type of offenses is you have players faking injuries. That's the trade-off, and it sucks. It used to be when a player got hurt, you know, people would be, like, you know, concerned and then got up, you know, cheer. And now a player gets hurt, and what do we do? Boo. Like somebody legitimately gets hurt when you're trying to run up a hurry up offense. Boo. 
Tracy McKnight says, do you think Pittman will educate these young players about how our strong history with Texas? Yeah. And I thought, you know, um, I think players that are from Texas obviously are going to have some of that, but I think that there'll be some, you know, maybe you have somebody talk to them or something like that, but I, I don't know that you need anything extra to get up. If like, if you need like to learn about the history of this rivalry to get you up for it, then that's a problem. Billy Gaithwright said the fans will Pat Gamble says go Razorback. Steve Miller says, do we see more rocket Sanders against Texas? What do you think? I'd like to see more rocket and not that I would like to see less trailing Smith. I just want to see him run the ball more. I know they had like 41 runs or something, but I'm thinking like 50 runs and 25 passes might not be a bad ratio for this team. Alan Hurst says, I mean, live stream Trey right now on YouTube instead of – yeah, I I know what you meant, um, Alan. And I've considered it. Maybe I'll do it just out of the blue one day. But I like our Facebook page a lot. I mean, we've got 80,000 followers here. Kendall Browse play calling was fine. They just weren't executing the plays. Can't blame that on Browse. I agree. I mean, I don't expect Browse to be absolutely perfect. But, I mean, there were some things that maybe you'd like to see different. But overall, I I agree with you. I think that, you know, a couple of those passes aren't dropped. And – you know, Debian doesn't step out of bounds and come back in on that one. No, Trey makes them available on YouTube later, only Facebook Live. Yeah, I put them on YouTube later. Billy Gaither says those boos were deserved. Mm. I mean, I mean, I, I get that you're disappointed, but I don't know, Billy, if I agree with that. I mean, if we're like you're, you know, if it's just complete disaster after disaster like it was with Chad, then I can understand that, but. I mean, I think they were booing more for they wanted to see him try to go for it there on that last drive. Garrett Haley says, I'm so ready for Saturday. Haven't been to a Hall game since 2014, right before I joined the Navy. Appreciate your service. Ready to party with y'all in Fayetteville. Hope I get to shake hands with Trey Saturday. If you see me, then absolutely come say hello. People tell me that all the time. They're like, hey, I saw you somewhere. Yeah, you didn't say hello? <laughs> like that Seinfeld episode, you don't say hello? Uncle – Uncle uh, Louie, is that it? Hmm. Jeff Keaton Little says, I was booing the coming refs, not the team. Never boo your own team. Yeah, I mean, I think that could have been also, you know, and also the other teams coming out of the tunnel, and that could have been part of it too, you know. Sometimes it's just misconstrued. Adrian Jones says Arkansas has some very passionate fans, but they were wrong for booing Saturday. Jeff Keaton Little says, or boo Chad Morris all day, every day. Will Lennox, by the way, Chad Morris, as we know, ended so – uh, Allen, Texas had a 83-game winning streak going into the season. They were 84 games, so they won their first game, and they lost 41-20 to and ended their 84-game regular season winning streak in Chad Morris's second game. They've never lost in that $60 million stadium, and they lost for the first time under Chad Morris. I just think he's kind of lost whatever he had, whatever mojo he had at Stevensville and – wherever else he coached in high school has gone away. And I don't know if he's just broken from the failures that he's had at Arkansas and Auburn, if he's lost his mojo or his confidence or what, but it ain't working. Robin Hood, Ryan Hood, that would have been awesome if you were Robin Hood, but Ryan Hood's good. (laughs) Hopefully our team doesn't. Depend on crowd energy. It's never there until they don't need it. I mean, I think you can absolutely get up on crowd energy. Rick Williamson says 34-31 Hogs. Billy Gaithwright says 34-28 good guys. Brian Corbett says the booing was for that crappy refs, not the team. Stephen Shope, I think there's probably – I bet there was probably a mix. Maybe your booing was. Stephen Shope says 31-17 Hogs. Aaron Christensen says that pass interference that gave them the ball, the goal line was crap, gave them that TD. Yep, it was crap. 38-28 Hogs says Aaron Christensen. Tracy Mc, no, no Texas picks here so far. Tracy McKnight says love the walk and talk. I appreciate that, Tracy. Richard Kaiser says, shoot, I thought it was a great walk and talk thing. You know, like I say every time, like every like I'm telling you every single time when I'm done doing it, I'm like – that was terrible. And then people are like, oh, I love it. And I was like, all right. I mean, I'll keep doing it. I don't know. And I, I, I start getting like like people expect this to be a certain thing. They want this. And like, I'm going to go do it. And it's, you know, I, don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I guess that's what people like, though. They just like the off-the-cuffness of it. Steve Miller likes it also. Appreciate that, Steve. Joey Patrick says, is it me or does it seem like our offensive play calling is what makes us get off to slow starts? I mean, again, 
the third down conversion pass was there was you know it was there it was just overthrown otherwise that drive continues so I don't know if you can say like that's a terrible play call it's it was a terrible pass I mean, you hit that, you get the rhythm going, you know, who knows where, how things go. Jonathan Lindsay says, Trey, do you think we see Hornsby in this game not like starting? Any, or any? I think it's possible. I mean, I think we would have saw him, but like everything was just like going so poorly and you just couldn't take KJ out at that point. Now, if KJ had gone in the second half and that, you know, second series like didn't get things going, I think maybe say like, okay, let's see if, let's see if it's, we got a quarterback problem. Let's maybe try, try Malik. KJ ain't got it today. Joey Patrick says no more excuses for special teams lapses. I absolutely agree with that. It's, I mean, you get, I give anybody the benefit of the doubt for what happened last year. Not now. So Scott Fountain has got to get that short up. That just can't, that can't continue to happen. And it, and it keep, I've, these last like three years or so, I don't think I've ever seen so many pump blocks like combined. I can't remember this many. Daniel Petty says the rest want to be the center of attention more than real housewives of New Jersey. <laughs> Jonathan Lizzie says, and go Hogs. Billy Gaithright says, prediction for KJ against Texas. Not yet. I'll get there. I want to watch the, I want to watch the Louisiana game. Will Lennox says, Georgia defense looked stout. And Clemson looked, defense looked great. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, nobody scored on offense. A touch, nobody, <laughs> there were no offensive touchdowns. 10-3. Bruce Armstrong says, do you think we should have run on the first play instead of pass? I mean... It's easy to look back, I guess. Yeah, because they he got he took a sack. <laughs> Steven Schoep says KJ was scored two touchdowns against Texas. Todd Wells says to the coaches at Arkansas really and truly think a lot of confidence in KJ have a lot of confidence in KJ's ability. Yeah, they do. Other, I mean, Malik Hornsby provides a, an option. You know, if they don't like with KJ, then you know they like what they have in Malik too, especially as a runner. Eli Porter says, "What's up?" Steve White says. Love the non-returnable kickoffs. Yeah, I mean, Vito Calvaruso can kick it now. He's probably got the biggest leg since Zach Hawker. He, I, we knew that going in, but he can boom it. Justin Carter says the late hit on Burks out of bounds looked like targeting by rule. It was. It was absolutely it was targeting. Zach Van says sometimes after a nice gain, we hurry up and don't execute and then end up in second ten. I hate – I don't know why this is, but like you, it's like you make a big play, you get a first down, let's hurry up to the line of scrimmage, we're going to run this play right up the middle, and everybody knows it's coming, it's going to pick up a yard. I agree with that. George, and something in the analytics says that's what to do. George Ulmer says, Trey, how do we get more defensive pressure? I thought they got some. Maybe we might see a little bit more. I also don't know that they really had to do a bunch, like in terms of bringing a lot of blitzing and stuff like that against this team. Just play sound. I think we'll probably see a little more aggressive defense in this next one. Todd Wills says, where's Knox? We talked about that. I think he's just been passed over. Unless he was banged up. Will Lennox says the targeting rule needs to give defensive players the benefit of the doubt. And it's hard not to hit. It also need to call it both ways. Like if the offensive guy ducks his head, then why is he not targeting? Rusty Hossettler says, can KJ be a version of Cam Newton? I was thinking about that the other day. He's got to be a better passer. Cam Newton could sling it. But similar in a lot of ways in terms of being a big guy who can run and get up to speed. I mean, KJ's, if KJ can get his passing going, like the threat of him running is going to cause fit. There's nothing more frustrating than doing everything right and the quarterback taking off on you because he's a good runner. Did they open up the playbook in the third quarter to win the game? I don't know that I saw anything like dramatically different about what they were doing. I mean, I saw some stuff like the the end around fake to, with Traylon Burks that opened up that 20-yard run for um, Traylon Smith. I mean, that wasn't vanilla in the first uh, second drive, third second drive. Jeffrey C. Thomas says the reason you didn't see certain personnel could be the situation, just like Must and the basketball team, certain matchups, certain players. Yes. Eli Porter says, what do you think Arkansas needs to improve on? Well, they got to get better play out of the quarterback, first of all. I mean, that's that's clear. That's that's where it starts. And you got I mean, you gotta have Traylon Burks be Traylon Burks for you. And I, I can understand why he wasn't. I mean, the guy has been injured for like two weeks. Mark Jones says, I would like to see them through throw it a bit downfield more. I think we might see him throw downfield more. I think maybe that was done by purpose. So maybe that's something that we could talk about, like seeing seeing him open up some bombs, try to get Traylon Burke stretched out downfield. Will Bonham says, hey, Trey, do you think KJ is the next Matt Jones or he has the potential? I think it's a little bit early on that. But he can run. 
Special teams need to approve. George Rommel says, how do you feel about the decision to run out the clock in the end instead of the half? I think it was fine. I think they need to get in there. Uncle Leo. Thank you, Jeff. Cato. I want to say Uncle Louie. Cut my shirt tail for that one. I'm supposed to know what I'm talking about with Seinfeld. Uncle Leo. That's a good one. You don't say hello? Chad's going to be coaching flag football soon. <laughs> well, Javis is, Javis is coaching middle school. Brad Staten says 24-20 Hogs. Steve Moe says, have you heard anything as far as the injury report? Did they come out? Well, I'll get to practice here in a little bit, and we'll we'll see who's there and who isn't. Adrian Schefter says 28-17 Hogs. Chris Hart says 21-20. Any more we got here? Not, we're getting there. Brad Staten says, I hope it's not the pro version of Cam. Yeah. Well, I mean, the one year where they went 16-1, right? You take that. 15-1. Don Eldred says, I would imagine. I would manage to convince myself we had a chance under Chad, so my pick is probably not relevant. Cindy Gober Perry says, love the walk and talk. It's your response to what just occurred. Keep it up. You know what's funny, Cindy? Like, when I look at my analytics and stuff, like for most of my videos and, and things we put out, like, and, you know, like people, most, most of our people, like, overwhelming, like 98% are men, but the walk and talk is different. It, it gets more female viewers. I don't know why that is. Hey, the post says fourth down, sneak execution, horrible. Can't run directly into center's ass and expect to get two yards. Kevin Meldon says, hate Texas, but I think they win 31-20. first Texas prediction I've seen. Jason Mosley, I, I wait for the walk and talk as soon as every game is over. Please don't stop. I'm not, I'm not going to stop doing it. People like it too much. Um, I might take my time a little bit more. I got out of there pretty quick this last one. I thought it was going to rain on me, and so I got out a little too quick. But um, – I need a little more time, I think, maybe to gather my thoughts. I don't know. People said they liked it. I thought it was terrible. I, was, I think all of them are, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I guess I was like, yeah, that's pretty good. I did okay there. I don't know. Did Ernest Green get a, an offer, says Laura Demarion Moore. I'm not sure on that. Rob Arnold says, do you think we can win games with a, first, a run first mentality? Yes, I think that needs to be a run first mentality. And then a Trey with Burks mentality. The rest are horrible, yes, says Nate Pollock. Drew Diana Brassfield says, do you think Texas starting a freshman quarterback, we can rattle him early? That's got to be the plan. you got to come after him. An inexperienced quarterback, you come after him, right? John Lawrence says, is Arkansas being targeted for targeting calls by the officials? Jordan Gudley says, injury update from Texas. I haven't seen that yet. And we'll talk to Taylor Estes. She does a great job. She'll give us some information. Oh, that'll be on Thursday. Joe Alpe says, with KJ nervous at first? I think there was probably some nerves for him. But that makes me wonder, like, because all the talk is like, yeah, he's not a great practice player. He's, he, he plays great when the lights are on. Well, which one is it? It can't be both, hopefully. It's got to be. <laughs> I guess you t- <laughs> Any chance we were <laughs> – any chance we're as bad as we look? I don't think they're as bad as they look. I think a lot of, a lot of things factored in. Get some things shored up. Get some things figured out. Figure out what you do good. Chris Light says, I like the walk and talk. Appreciate that, Chris. Brian Lane, Brian Lane says, 14-10 Hogs. Ray Staper says, do you think the first half will look better against Texas? Hope so. Stephen Shope says, hello, Trey. Joey Patrick says, walk and talk was great. Will Lennox says, Jalen Catalan is about to have a career game, and hopefully Traylon Burks can step up. Thomas Nunnally says, always love the walk and talks. Long, short, out of breath, hitting those steps. I like them. Arkansas 31-28, says Tracy Van. Scott Spurl says two things. We're the Arkansas Raiders, and we should see Malik Hornsby a little. Hmm? A line looked better. Walk and talk heading into U.S. Pizza Company. So the thing about, like, being out of breath, like, I, I run all the time. Like, I'm, I, I like to do, like, two miles. I exercise, do the high-intensity training, all that stuff. But when I'm doing the walk and talk, I got a backpack on, and it's up bleachers, it's up steps, and it's uphill the whole way. And I'm never like just breathing. I'm just constantly talking, trying to get out as much information as possible, trying not to go, uh, um, um, you know, like trying to just keep the, keep the talk going. And when you do that, you don't breathe. You don't breathe in a lot. And sometimes I get a little winded. I'm not out of shape. Thank you for everybody's concern, but that's just how it's going to be. All right, everybody. I want to thank you for your questions. I want to thank Danny West for joining us, providing that recruiting insight. I want to also mention, before we go, plenty of ways to watch and listen. Always tune in on Facebook Live. Be sure to throw us a thumbs up. Follow the page if you haven't done so already. Join 80,000 other Razorback fans in doing that. Also available on YouTube. Be sure to uh, throw us a like there. 
hit the subscribe button, hit the notifications bell so you're updated anytime we upload a new video. Also available on Apple Podcasts. Really appreciate. We had a strong flurry of five-star reviews. I said I was going to read those off if we got some good ones. But I'm almost out of. I can almost. I can feel my voice going away. So I'm gonna. I'm not gonna do it this time. I apologize. But I really appreciate all of the support and people throwing that five star review. And if you haven't done so already and you like the content, then please do so. Also available on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, anywhere else podcasts are found. Hawkswars.com is just one dollar right now for your first month, and we certainly appreciate everybody subscribing to that. We had more subscribers sign up for in the month of August than anywhere else in the country by twenty five percent. Really appreciate that. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me. This has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.